Richard Arnold, Stateside Morning. Good morning, Mike. So session one done. Uh, That's right. Uh, And it looks like the Supreme Court is trying to extricate itself as much as possible from some of the politics uh, regarding what is uh, certainly a critical moment in uh, the American presidential race running right through the highest court in the country. Oral arguments have just wrapped up. And it appears that the justices, majority of them at least, are sceptical of the efforts by Colorado to bump Donald Trump from the primary ballot. Uh, That's how this originated. Colorado took that action. Maine followed suit. Uh, Trump, of course, did not win Colorado or Maine uh, in 2016 when uh, Trump beat Hillary Clinton. But other states were looking to what happens here. And the scope of the court's ruling is likely to be broad and expected to determine Trump's eligibility overall. So court hearing crucial. But if Trump uh, was found to be ineligible, it could take the decision on Trump's future away from voters, clearly. So that is why some on both sides of the political game uh, do not want the Supreme Court to lay down a broad ruling. But then courts are supposed to focus on the law, are they, not politics? Well, on that score, as you mentioned the other day, uh, Americans do not rate the court so highly right now. The latest poll uh, has the court at near record lows in its favorability, just 41% approving of the Supreme Court, uh, less than half, 49%. Uh, expressing trust and confidence in the court. This after, of course, a series of corruption scandals and the scrapping of abortion rights, among other issues. So does the court want to jump into the most polarised election campaign of modern times? Surely not. Uh, That was pretty much indicated today. Uh, The court arguments were based around the US Constitution and specifically Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which dates from the Civil War era and which bans people from federal elected office if they have, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion. So lawyer Jason Murray for Colorado opened with this, speaking on the violence of January the 6th, 2021 at the US Capitol. For the first time since the War of 1812, our nation's capital came under violent assault. For the first time in history, the attack was incited by a sitting president of the United States to disrupt the peaceful transfer of presidential power. By engaging in insurrection against the Constitution, President Trump disqualified himself from public office. If you are right, what are the examples? Well, Your Honor, the examples are states excluded many candidates for state office, individuals holding state offices. We have a number of published cases of states. I understand that. that. I I understand the states controlling state uh, elections and state positions. What we are talking about here are national candidates. So, sounding dubious there is Conservative Justice Clarence Thomas, who rarely asks any questions in the court at all, and whom you hear there raising questions seemingly in support of the Trump side of this argument. Well, Liberal Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson seems to challenge the the Trump lawyer, Jonathan Mitchell, who argued that uh, January 6th was not an insurrection. Uh, Here's that exchange. For an insurrection, there needs to be an organized, concerted effort to overthrow the government of the United States through violence. And this... So the point is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? No, we didn't concede that it's an effort to overthrow the government either, Justice Jackson. None of these criteria were met. This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. The events were shameful, criminal, violent, all of those things, but it did not qualify as insurrection as that term is used in Section 3. (laughs) So uh, we're hearing a bit of politics at play there from the justices, uh, seemingly. Uh, Trump, of course, seems to be pretty happy with the way this went. The court will not deliver an opinion for a bit. We don't know exactly when, but uh, either way, it's going to be a blockbuster ruling. Yeah, it is. Uh, Then what are we standing by for Iraq to do something? 
Yeah. Um, let me just say one other thing on politics that's worth worth of mention. Um, one other little note. Of course, Nikki Haley just lost in the Nevada primary. Yep. That state's primary election was uh, totally screwed up. They arranged to have both a, a caucus and a primary, so a couple of competing elections in the one place at the one time. Trump didn't even put his name in for the primary, only the caucus. So Nikki Haley, as the only one on the ballot in the primary, uh, won just 31%. 63% of the voters... Uh, supported none of these candidates, quote-unquote. So she lost to nobody. But here's the thing, Mike. Some voters in Nevada made the trek to the polling stations to vote for none of the above. So pretty interesting. Uh, There are, on the international front, of course, some new details about the US drone strike in Baghdad that killed that top commander of the Iranian-backed Iraqi military, Abu Bakr al-Sadi. He was one of the leaders of the group that attacked the US base in Jordan, killing three US troops and wounding those 41 others. President Biden backed this drone strike uh, last week. Then the opportunity uh, arose, says the Pentagon. They struck a car in the Iraqi capital. It was so precise, this, uh, this strike, that vehicles alongside were untouched. Meantime, the Iraqi armed forces are slamming the airstrike calling it a blatant assassination in an Iraqi residential area saying the US mission should be uh, shut down so the uh, Middle East war between Israel and Hamas fueling growing anger day by day in good, Shiite states. Good morning. Have a good weekend. We'll see you Monday. Richard Arnold, Stateside. I should tell you by the way that uh, Marianne Williamson has dropped out of the 2024 presidential race in the states and you'll go who? Uh, got roughly 4% of the vote. This was in the New Hampshire Democratic primary, 4%, and she got 2% in South Carolina's primary, so she was never a starter, which makes you wonder, what were these people thinking at the start and how did they ever raise any money from anybody to make any sort of noise? While the level of our failure is obvious to all, a level of success is real nonetheless, she wrote. We articulated deeper, more authentic truths than those regularly acknowledged by the political establishment. So... At least she's satisfied with herself. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.